You are listening to Mike Seminary and Friends, a Q1 Network production. You know, one of the benefits of reading, other than learning something, you, you sometimes come into contact with ideas or people had you not read that particular book, you would have been unaware of. In this case, for me, it was becoming refamiliarized, if that's the correct term to use, with a person from my past, let's say 50 years ago. And that's a past, by the way. But you're probably wondering what I'm referring to. Well, recently on Mike's Seminary and Friends, I had Steve Revlin, incredible furniture designer, maker, artist, musician, now author who hasn't even read his own book, Simply Revlin. And there on page six, photo and all, he's talking about, I think he said his girlfriend. They were awfully young at the time. And there's this picture of Terry Bach. And I said to myself, I know a Terry Bach. So I went to my high school yearbooks and bingo, there's the Terry Bach. And I said, the kid looks exactly the same in the yearbook <laughs> as she did on page six of Steve's book, which was a few years before that. I reached out to her because of what she's doing in this entrepreneurial space. And I'm so excited that this morning I have with me Terry Bach on Mike's Seminary Friends. Terry, it's great to see you. How are you? Oh, I am great, Mike. Thank you so much for doing this. It's a pleasure. And it's a, what a wonderful thing to get reconnected because yeah. of someone we know. And he writes a book. There's a picture and bingo. Right. And here we are. It's probably been almost 50 years since we've had much of a conversation. Is that a fair statement Absolutely. to me? And, and I'm not even sure we talked a lot in high school. You know? That's 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 possible because that, that can happen, yeah. right? We were from Absolutely. Different, yeah. different sides of the town, but in the same school. And right, I, exactly. We could spend a lot of time saying, well, what, how did, what have you been doing? But I, I really want to focus on your previous career, and how you transition into becoming this transformational coach to help uh, entrepreneurs, women in this particular case, based on your mm -hmm. experience. So thanks again for joining me, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Yes. But we have uh, background. You were in the profession, of, you were a psychotherapist. Yes. Forest. I was for about 27, 28, 29, just under 30 years in so California. I, in mm -hmm. California. So okay. I, I'm always curious, what drew you to that calling and then that profession? I, I'm not really sure. I just, you know, I started out in going to North Dakota State University, NDSU, and in horticulture, actually. And because I loved plants and all of that. And, you know, a little ways into my career there, I decided I hate all the science I have to take. But um, but some of the science classes I took were psychology. And I loved those classes. So I thought, 
that's what I want to do. And Bob Newhart was real big on TV at that time. And so I thought, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I want to do that. So I, after that, had this dream of having my own practice and just seeing clients every day. And that was my dream. So that's how I got into it. Who didn't love Bob Newhart, by the way? I know. (laughs) He was just so special. Well, uh, I would think, and maybe this is just not a good assumption to make, I would think that in the DNA of the the average person that's going to pursue the career of psychotherapy, there must be some genes in you that say you know i also want to help people absolutely yeah was that in your background in your family somewhere as well that helping you know it's important it's interesting if you were in my family you were probably either in social work or in or an attorney (laughs) just an odd combination but um but yeah, so I think, although I didn't think that out consciously or anything, I think, and I knew I had had my own issues uh, to deal with. And I think somewhere, again, not logically, not consciously, was I thinking, oh, I, I've, you know, I've had my own stuff, so I want to help other people. I don't think I thought that out. I think it just evolved. Mm-hmm. It evolved for me. Yeah. You said I have some of my own. Don't we all kind of? I mean, oh, I, I do. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, and we may get into this eventually, but I was adopted. And so with that brings, you know, some challenges. Um, and and so it. I knew that I I was always kind of a deep thinker and I spent a lot of time alone and I wrote, I journaled and I, you know, it's probably kind of an odd child, but it really made me reflect on myself and my feelings and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that just really got me into the mindset of wanting to, you know, work with that whole thing with people's feelings and all of that kind of thing. I hadn't really thought about that before. <laughs> the, the 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 purpose of the profession of psychotherapy is uh, to help as right. much as possible people that have some kind of a mental illness, mental health challenge. It might be mm-hmm. depression, anxiety, bipolarism. Right. Uh, trauma and right. trauma can come from all sorts of experiences in, in our lives. Exactly. So, so yeah. th- that's what you did. You spent 27 years, and correct me if I say this wrong, visiting with people that had sought you out one way mm-hmm. or the other because mm-hmm. they have struggles that they're dealing with. Right. Yes. And as part of your profession, as is this like a, a a psychiatrist or some other kind of counselor where somebody is sitting down with you for half an hour, an hour at a time, and then on a regular basis sharing with you mm-hmm. th- what's going on? And first of all, you you spend most of your time listening, probably taking notes, and then over time, then what happens? 
Well, hopefully they get better. <laughs> but but <laughs> I actually was, I mean, that that what you just said is very true for, for most therapists. I was a little different in that um, because I was adopted, I started going to a lot of adoption conferences. And probably in the early 90s, I started doing that. And what I kept hearing from other adoptees was, I can't find a therapist who gets me. And that had been my own experience too, because nobody at that time was trained in working with adoption issues. And most therapists who tried to work on adoption issues were not adoptees. And so they really didn't understand you know, you can't explain to somebody some of the feelings, some of the issues, some of the challenges. Um, and so that's when I decided I want to specialize in working with people who are adopted. Now, I saw other people, too, but that was my specialty. And so I was a more active, proactive therapist than I didn't just sit and listen. I did with some people. But I, I always believe that people don't need to be in pain forever, you know, and talking doesn't always move people through something. Sometimes it does. But so I, I used some tools. I, I learned some tools as a therapist that I would help people, you know, get to the root of their issue and then get rid of it fairly quickly. I don't know why this question just came to me. Here okay. we are in 2023. There's just a lot going on in the world, a lot going mm -hmm. on in our country. And is it is it mental health mental health awareness month right now or something? Are we is that I think it is. I'm not like really sure either. And we because of media blessing and curse when I say that, because there's so much of it, way too much of it. Right. Um, kind of pause for a second. Do you ever kind of miss the days when we were growing up where there was just ABC, NBC, CBS, eventually yes. public television came, came along. It all shut down at night. It wasn't 24 seven. Um, it was just kind of a more innocent kind of time. Do you ever kind of miss that? Oh, all the time. Oh. All the time. Yes. The simpler life. <laughs> well, where I was going to go before I went off the, the rails there. <laughs> I I have to think because of if we're not careful enough, we can be bombarded with so much for the most part negative inform information and negativity in too much right. dose can negatively impact people. Do, do, have you found during the course of your career, but you've transitioned, we'll talk about that in a minute, are people struggling more today than they did when you started your career almost 30 years ago? Are they struggling more because of exposure to too much? Does that make sense? Probably, but I think the maybe upside, if you want, I always try to find positive in, you know, where, where I can, but um, I think things have come to light more as well. You know, like people have always had, there's always been abuse of whatever type. But I think as years got, have gone on, it's just come 
to the forefront a little bit more. People are talking about it more. People are dealing with it more. Whereas before it was, you know, shoved down, nobody was talking about it. They were still suffering from it, but they couldn't talk about it. And now they can. So I don't know if it's gotten worse and, you know, people are bombarded or if it's just that we now have more permission to be talking about it and, and dealing with it. Mm. I like the way you said that we have permission. Uh, yeah. That's, that's really, really important. Before we switch gears and talk about how you transitioned okay. from a psychotherapist to a transformational coach, um, you, you, when you were talking about being adopted and mm -hmm. visiting with clients that had been adopted and some said, people kind of don't get me, they don't understand me. Whether it's the, the case of someone that was adopted or some other situation in their life, right. those, those people that go through life, especially if they're seeking help and guidance from someone, Mm -hmm. And they're frustrated because they say, someone doesn't get me. Mm -hmm. What's some recommendations you can make for those folks that are listening? They, they may not be in a, they, maybe they're adopted, maybe they're not. There's something in their life, but they're saying people don't get me. What's some advice you could give them? Wow. Um, well, I think... Let's, I, I think it's so important if somebody's going to go into therapy or coaching or, or whatever to, to get the guidance they need and, and to find the right person. I mean, it's, you know, when you're, if you're looking for a therapist, you definitely want to find somebody who gets you. Um, and, and not everybody will. So you want to find that person who, when you're comfortable with, but who also understands you and and where you don't feel dismissed um, because you know I, you need to you need to feel heard. We all need to feel heard and and understood. I think that's kind of a basic human need. Well, after I saw your mug on page six in. <laughs> Steve's book, simply Revlin, and then. And confirmed. by the way, I think I was like like five years old or something in that. So, <laughs> I, well, that's why I said I looked at Terry. I, that's <laughs> the same that I you looked exactly the same. It wasn't hard for me to go to the reminiscence and said that reminiscence is the name of our yearbook, by the way. But right. boom, there you were. So I reached out to you, chatted, then I went to your website. Actually, maybe I maybe I went to your web. Yeah, I did. I went to your website before I called you because I right. saw this connection, the similar thing in our lives of, of the year 2018. Yes. We both lost our mothers right. in 2018. Yes. And we both ended up kind of doing the same thing shortly thereafter. Right. What did you, uh, so from here, I'm going to let you start talking about, what did you do after you lost your sweet mother, by the way? Well, I had kind of a meltdown, actually, because I had moved from California and I already owned a home at Turtle Lake, as we talked before, in Minnesota. And I wanted to spend more time with mom. And so that's when I changed my career because I couldn't, 
I didn't want to get licensed in another state and I couldn't work as a therapist in Minnesota. So I switched up basically my whole life at that point because I wanted to spend more time with mom, wanted to be an advocate for her. She was in assisted living already, but, um, and I'm forgetting your question already. So, oh, what did I do? So um, after, so I got five really good years with my mom while she was alive. And then after she died, I, I just felt lost. I felt totally lost. I, you know, I wasn't a therapist anymore. I was struggling a little bit with becoming a coach because I was spending so much time with my mom because I wanted to. And so when she died, I thought, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with my life. I wasn't a caregiver anymore. I, you know, I just, I really had a meltdown. So I was reading through my emails and one of the women who I was on her mailing list, Linda's her name, I hardly ever opened her emails. Um, but this one day I did, and she and this other woman had started a business called Adventurous Life, and they were going to Rome for a month. And it was a program for um, entrepreneurs. And I thought, Rome, that would be cool. And I thought about it for mm, 10 minutes. <laughs> and I thought, I want to go to Rome. And so I didn't even have, I mean, this was not too far in the future and I didn't even have a current passport or anything. Um, I had let all that lapse. And so I hurried up and got ready. We went to Rome for a month and we lived in apartments and I met nine other women who I didn't know and had a blast we did entrepreneurial things like we had meetings, we had a, a workspace there, um, but we had a lot of free time. And so I, you know, I just traveled all, all over Italy while I was, had an apartment in Rome. Did you go with this Linda from Adventurous Life? No, or? she was just oh, okay. in charge. And so I, there was an application. I filled out the application, paid my money and said, yes, I, I want to go. So yeah, it, it was, it was fabulous. But in the meantime, um, I went from coaching people who had money beliefs, money issues to um, thinking I really want to work with women my age, women over 50 who are struggling in life right now. I can't be the only woman who is feeling this way, really lost after you lose your, your role in life, basically. And I had lost my role in life before and I, it, it's a horrible feeling and, and it's a big transition in life. And so I changed up what I was doing in my coaching uh, business to working with women over 50 who were kind of lost and wanted more in their life, but didn't really know what that was, didn't know how to get there, were perhaps dealing with some beliefs about themselves that kept them stuck. So that was my big transition. Are they primarily entrepreneurs? 
No. In okay. fact, I started working with entrepreneurs and then I thought, you know, I want to work with all women. You, so, yeah. you, you mentioned, I'm going to paraphrase how you said it, you had a meltdown after you lost your mother. Understandable. Yes. And uh, oh, by the way, I should back up because it, I don't want to leave listeners confused. Can I have a tendency to do that? <laughs> so we both lost our mothers in yes. 2018. Yes. And shortly after that, we both ended up going to Italy. Not together, but we, no. <laughs> we were both in Italy, uh, you for a month, uh, us for uh, nine days, I think it was. Okay. And that's what so caught my attention when I went to your website yes. and you talked about losing your mother in 2018 and then going to Italy. I thought, I've got to reach out to Terry. Well, you had said um, you had this meltdown. Mm -hmm. So from your 27 years of providing guidance to people that go through the very same thing, mm -hmm. you you you. you you did it on your own because of this adventurous life in, in Linda. Was, was that part of, I don't know how to ask this question. Was that, you made it sound like that was kind of easy for you to go through the, <laughs> the, the meltdown. Um, is that somewhat because, unless I misread that, is that somewhat because you had a lot of experience counseling people that go through some of the very same experiences that you just described? I think that doesn't make it easier. <laughs> um, yeah. I think for me, it was because I had some tools. I knew what worked for me. And so I know it wasn't, it wasn't quick and it wasn't easy. Um, I had to, I had to figure out what my tools were. And so writing for me is, very therapeutic and very clarifying. So I sat down and wrote about what do I want next in my life? And this is part of what I advise women to do or anybody really is, you know, to start writing down and asking yourself some important questions. One of my questions was, what am I missing in my life? Because I wasn't feeling very happy. And I thought, what am I missing? What, what do, what do I need to bring into my life that would make me feel better? You know, and that's when I had that aha moment for myself that travel, travel has always been so important. I used to travel a lot, and for several years I hadn't. I had left, let my, my passport, you know, expire, and I thought travel is so important to me. And that's why when when this Italy trip came up, I thought, I have to do this. I absolutely have to do that. And so for me, that was, um, but I had to do some tools, use some of my own tools, the writing, the, um, I used a technique called emotional freedom technique or tapping, tapping on meridian points, like a like if you went to an acupuncture. Um, those same meridian points. And that helped me get clear. It helped me get rid of some of the, the fear, I think, of moving forward um, that I needed to get out of. Hmm. Gary, during, during your career as a 
therapist. Now I start to transition clearly into your <laughs> consulting business. So you deal with folks that have deep trauma, marital conflict, career changes, um, all sorts of anxiety, panic attacks, right. uh, bipolarism, a, a lot of mental health challenges and issues because it's part of it's part of life. Exactly. Um, I would think, and then then you also specialize in people that were adopted and the unique um, challenges some some of those folks have. I would think that, and then on top of that, you, you, the loss of your mother and that therapeutic period of time of month going to Rome, mm -hmm. you're uniquely qualified to open up a consulting business where you're going to transition from counseling as a psychotherapist to providing guidance at, for women mm -hmm. that are looking for some type of change in their life or some type of impetus in their life to move from point A to point B, if, right. if that's a good way to say it. Mm -hmm. as, as you, as you um, do that, if this is a fair question to ask, how does all of those years of listening to challenges from maybe thousands of people, how mm -hmm. does that help you process that information and turn it into good transformational coaching material for your, your clients? Hmm. Um, I think because I have tools <laughs> that I use and I um, I've actually switched up a little bit what I'm doing in my coaching business to more recently which you may not know about because it's not on my website yet um, I have decided to because I love working with women over 50 and helping them create a life that they really want but I also have this um, experience of helping people with their money issues again it's it's all the same kind of work because it's working around beliefs limiting beliefs which is what i did as a therapist but i'm also now bringing in working with women over 50 who were adopted i decided i really really missed that really deep work that i did with people who were adopted. Now, everybody I work with doesn't have to be adopted, but that's who I really want to, um, really want to work with. When, uh, so you're working with women that have money issues and or uh, I know, it's very adopted. specific. Okay, <laughs> yeah. no, that's, a, but my, my, here was going to be my question. A lot of people have money issues because of decisions that we make. True. Or some decisions that were forced upon us and money or how we perceive we're supposed to use money can be incredibly um, challenging. It can be incredibly frustrating. It, it can be a defeating uh, problem for so many people. So I, I think, I think that's what, and in our culture anyway, Right. Money makes life a little easier. It doesn't do everything, but it makes life a little easier. Absolutely. So, talk, yes. so I'm glad you brought that up. Tell me about your money map. 
Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, boy, how do I explain that? Um, I, my first beginnings as a coach, I got certified as a tapping into wealth coach. So I went through this whole program and I used a lot of that material that I learned, all the exercises, the, the tapping um, that I talked about before, the tool that I use. Um, so we get really clear. And part of the first session when I was working with money, um, the first session we often did is the money map, which is a, it's a really good assessment tool. And it goes through the five different types of money, which are uh, savings, debt, income, income goals, and toxic money. And through a series of questions, what we want to be looking at, I haven't talked about this in a while, so um, what we're talking about with each of the types of money is how they feel about it. And is there some kind of a trauma related to it? So like for some people when they're, when they have debt and we don't include like mortgages because that's more of an investment than debt, but, but anything, you know, credit card debt in particular, um, you know, there's usually shame. There's almost always shame involved with credit card debt and maybe disappointment and sadness and fear and anxiety. And, you know, so there's a whole gamut of, um, of emotions that go with debt in and of itself. And then there might be some kind of a, a trauma that that's connected with debt, like a situation from their past where uh, with debt, it's, it's often, I know this sounds kind of woo woo, but there's often some kind of a situation where they didn't, uh, something happened and they haven't forgiven themselves for it, or they haven't forgiven somebody else for it. This lack of forgiveness is often tied into having debt. So that's one of the first things I look at is when somebody has a lot of debt, um, is there a situation like that for them that we can clear, which will then help with the debt? We also want to get rid of all these emotions that they have around the debt, because the more shame you have, the more likely you're not going to get rid of debt. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. The okay. I saw a news story. I was earlier this week that the United States credit card debt is at an all-time high. Yes. And it's been some time since I did any research, meaningful research, on debt. Um, and I had done that previously mm -hmm. for a book I wrote, Deb edited, but we've never published. Okay. And the average American right now has somewhere around $7,500 of credit card debt that, that the average American right which means there are right. people who have plenty more right mm -hmm. and there's a variety of reasons for that cost of living inflation et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. and the way people use money or perceive money 
can cause great mental health challenges because of behavior. Mm -hmm. So I I would think that um, you have a lot of people that could use your your, your counseling. Tell me about the tapping into wealth thing that you just mentioned. Yeah. Certified in that. Yeah. That's a whole program that I can run. You know, I I've tweaked it a lot. So it's more mine, but, and I used that when I was just, when I was working with women over 50 and helping them with their life choices, I used a lot of the same exercises because it's, it's really about going into um, this deeper work, you know? So the idea is that we are programmed from our childhood. You know, by the time we're like six years old, we've developed most of our limiting beliefs. Um, and, and, our limit, and also our limiting beliefs around money. We've picked that up from our family, from our parents in particular. So, so a lot of these exercises are, are doing some visualizations about, you know, listening to your parents when you were six years old and what are the things coming up? And you'd be surprised with how much people not remember, but comes up to them because it's all stored in the subconscious mind. And so I'm just taking them to through a visualization, so they re, they they have a sense of this stuff. And then we look at that money map that we did in the first session, and I point out the parallels between what they just saw in their parents to how they're handling their money, to show them how much of a um, programming pre-programming there is how much they have downloaded by the time they're six years old about money well a lot of the money issues are around past traumas so when you bring in this adoption piece too so it's a lot more related than it sounds like on the surface you know adoptees have this sense of not feeling safe and secure in the world that's going to be a pre-program for not feeling safe and secure in the world with money either. So guess what? You're going to be in debt. You're going to under earn. You're going to overspend. You're going to do things with your money that create feeling not safe and not secure. Does that make it sense? Does. That makes sense. Okay. okay. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. If you want to answer it, that's just fine. But I'm going to ask you. <laughs> okay. Do we, as a culture... And the part of our culture, maybe more specifically, I should address the finance industry, particularly credit card companies. Do we make it too easy for too many people to have access to a form of credit, which is different? You can get a credit card. You don't have to go through some of the same um, rigorous testing and background information as you would to go to a mortgage company or savings loan or a bank to get right. a mortgage, right? Exactly. There are some things, in my perspective, we make it too easy for people 
And then as a consequence, some people that might not have the discipline for a variety right. of reasons get mm -hmm. themselves into trouble. Do you think we make that too easy sometimes? I do. I do. And and the real issue isn't dealt with. You know, I think we're basically a society that kind of deals with things on the surface. So, you know, most of us have this underlying stuff going on that we're not even aware of that's creating our behavior. <laughs> so we're dealing with the behavior on the surface, but it's all this underlying stuff really that's leading to the behavior. And that's where I come in, <laughs> is helping people with the underlying stuff so they're not behaving in the way with their money that they've been creating. And when you're saying underlying, you're talking about some form the of beliefs, trauma. The, the beliefs, the programming that they've learned from their parents by the time they're six years old, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because as I have found, and you've probably noticed too, you know, when you're dealing with things on a behavioral level, one, it's really hard to change. And two, it doesn't stay changed usually because we fall back to our default mm -hmm. or our comfort level. And so for me, the only re the only way to really deal with things is to get rid of all the other stuff, whether it's through, you know, through therapy or tapping or EMDR or any of the tools you can use to really deal with the underlying stuff. Mm. To me, once you do it, it's so much easier to behave in a different way then because the stuff isn't there that's leading you to the behavior i'm going to go back for a second <laughs> earlier in our conversation we were talking about that period of time where we grew up where there's a little bit more innocence there were three right. tv networks and they would shut down at night and they'd come on right. with the you know, with the test pattern and the uh, national <laughs> anthem at six in the morning, whatever it was. And the other thing that existed at that time was, I shouldn't say existed, didn't exist. I don't know anyone back then that had a credit card. My mom and dad didn't have a credit card. That's the, true. We, we grew up, we didn't buy things on credit. Uh -uh. We just if if you didn't have the money, it meant you couldn't afford it. Exactly. There were some merchants that would do this little layaway thing for you. They exactly. that, that bike that you wanted, they'd stick it in storage and you make a monthly payment until you you, you paid for it. Right. I don't know any. It doesn't mean that people didn't have financial challenges. Don't misunderstand me. Right. But I don't think it was as prominent. No, as it, it was today. No, definitely not. I remember my dad coming home with a car and he had paid cash for it. Um, of course, cars didn't cost what they do now either, but uh, but he probably wasn't earning a lot either, but he had saved up for it and, you know, bought it because, yeah, there wasn't credit like there is now. So you are a transformational coach. You are helping in your practice, your business, uh, women, some um, that, like you, were adopted, mm -hmm. all have something in their life that they want to transform from or to, and you're going to help them through coaching. What's this matrix re-imprinting thing? I, I saw, <laughs> I, I went into there a little bit, and then I started talking about 
So I thought, I'm just going to ask you. Wow, you really read my my website. Well, um, yeah, because we, I already knew about what tapping was, and I saw the okay. picture that looked like the acupuncture thing, so go ahead. Right, yeah. okay. So matrix stream printing is actually a, it's kind of an advanced tapping tool, but it's it works very differently. So let's say you had a trauma when you were a kid, like, four years old or something like that, something pre six years old. And I would take you and I'd be working with you as my client, but we would be talking to your younger self in this. And the whole idea about matrix is that you're working with trauma, but you don't want to re-traumatize the person. So like in talk therapy, if we were just talking about your trauma you might get triggered. You probably would get triggered if you haven't dealt with the trauma yet. In tapping, you have to re-experience the feelings of the trauma. But in matrix stream printing, you and your younger self are two very different people. And we're talking to your younger self who had the trauma. But you as the older person um, are keeping yourself very separate from the trauma. That Piece makes sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're, you, I'm having you work with your younger self. We're finding out what decision he might have made as a result of that. Like how, so we, what we're looking for is a belief. Like I'm a bad person maybe is what he came up with uh, as a result of his trauma. So we do some, we do some tapping with your younger self then to lower how that feels for him. We want to take a we want to neutralize the emotion a little bit. Okay. And then we ask him, we find out from him, what would you rather have as a new picture? Well, maybe it's that your dad didn't hit you or or you know whatever that trauma was. So we come up with a new picture, a new belief, new emotions. And your younger self is all is coming up with this himself. And once that picture feels like on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being, it feels really good. Then we go with that new picture and we re-imprint it. So we have your younger self. No, we have you bringing in that new picture with all the new beliefs and, and feelings and bringing it into your brain, allowing all the cells of your of your brain to absorb this new picture. We bring it into your body. We bring it into your heart. And then from the heart, you broadcast it out to the matrix, the matrix being this field that's way beyond the universe. This is hard for me to get because I'm not into quantum physics. So you bring it out all to that matrix field and i know this sounds really woo woo still sounds woo woo to me and i use it um <laughs> but what i have seen is how well this works so then i asked my client when you go back to this new to the old trauma what do you see and how do you feel what they see and feel is this new picture Hmm. not the old one. And when I see these 
you know, my clients like a week later, two weeks later, a month later, six months later, they still see the new picture. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So it's very effective. I can sometimes I can do it in like 20 minutes with somebody. I mean, it's it can be very quick. During your uh, psychotherapist career and now your coaching career, I'm curious about something. And, and maybe this applies more to your consulting uh, business. I'm, I'm going to assume that during parts of the coaching and goal setting the therapy mm -hmm. that there's a discussion about um having regrets in life mm -hmm. i'm curious um because it, it, on your your website you're talking about how you and we'll get to that we'll, uh, from okay. your blog don't do what i did <laughs> you, you talk about um potential clients that want to transform something in their life change something in their life as you visit with, with people and your, your clients and you're learning about the regrets some people have, what kind of what's the percentage of, you know, I have this regret for this thing or these series of things I did in my life versus I have this regret right now because I never did this in my life. I never pursued this thing that I thought was going to be important. Does that, what I said just make some sense? It makes sense. Um, and I'm not sure I have an answer when I'm not very good with percentages, but I really want to work with the, the latter of the two. <laughs> I, you know, people have regrets. Yes, we all have some regrets over what we have done. But I think more importantly, we I don't want I don't want people to have regrets about what they haven't done, because I think those are those are more difficult to live with. You know, well, I couldn't agree with you more that if. Yeah. And, you know, when I worked as a therapist, well, and as a coach, when people have this decision to make and they're wanting me to help them and I'll say. Let me ask you this. Which one would you regret not having done? Like for me, I knew that if I didn't move back to North Dakota, Minnesota, and spent more time with my mom, because I had been a gone, I had been gone for 30 years. And I mean, I came back to visit and all that, but I knew that I would regret after my mom died, I would regret not spending more time with her. Mm. And I knew that. And so that's always my question. What would you have? What would you <clears throat> regret not having done? And then do that. Mm. Yeah, that's so important. You know, as I went through yeah. your website and I saw the, you know, basic understanding, I think, of what, what you're helping your clients with. One of the ways to take a dream and we all have dreams about things, yes. whether it's enterprise or being a better parent or whatever that might be. We all have dreams. One of the ways to avoid regret of something we didn't do 
is to either on our own or with the help of somebody like Terry Bach at coachterrybach.com, C-O-A-C-H-T-E-R-I-B-A-C-H.com, is to take the dream mm-hmm. and turn it into some type of a goal exactly. and then move forward with trying to accomplish that goal. Yes. But the percentage of women I have seen so far aren't clear on what that dream is. Yeah. And that's where you help. And that's where I help. So how would you like people to reach out to you, Terry, for um, and, and be specific about how and the types of people that should be reaching out to you and how you can help them? Um, email is a good way of getting a hold of me. And my email address, if I may say, yes, is Terry, T E R I, at, this is complicated, untapped potential coaching.com. So Terry at untapped potential coaching.com. Or you can also reach me at Coach Terry Bach at gmail.com. Um, and I'm specifically looking to work with women over 50. Um, and particularly if they are adopted and are struggling with money. Those are the three areas that I help people with. And you can be all of those or you can be one of those. Um, I just love working in those specific areas. And right now, if I may say, I'm trying to do some market research for women over 50 who are adopted, who are struggling a bit with money. And right now I'm looking for women to reach out to me where I can just, you know, we could have a talk, like a 15 minute talk where I can get some ideas from you as to what your challenges are in particular. And there's no, there's no working with me. There's no selling in this call. It's just about me getting information from you that will help me in the future with, um, you know, programs and, and things that I'm putting together. I'm going to use that as a perfect segue to reference one of the postings on your blog at coachterrybach.com, by the way. Um, you have a blog where you, the title is, Don't Do What I Did. And the reason I said I'm going to use that as a segue is you just invited people to mm-hmm. reach out to you right. to, at the very least, start kind of a dialogue. Yes. In your post, don't do what I did, in your previous career, I'm paraphrasing what you wrote. Okay. You didn't very aggressively, if maybe at all, market much because you uh, you you had the opportunity to have people referred to you for insurance purposes. Exactly. And that's how you built your business at that time. Yes. Yes, it is. You're talking about how, you know, that was fine, but I could have done more. I didn't think about necessarily the other way to do it. Exactly. I, I did start out my career because adoption, you know, was so specific. I did do some marketing back in the day before internet 
boy, are we aging ourselves on this call. Um, so you have actually did, had to do direct mail um, flyers and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So I did a little of that at the beginning, but then when I, I found out, oh my gosh, insurance companies will just refer to me. I don't have to do any of that marketing stuff. It was great. But what, and so when I became a coach, I thought, oh, coaching is pretty much like therapy. You know, I wanted to do more of a therapy kind of coaching. And then I thought, oh, except for the getting clients part, I have no idea how to get clients. Uh, that's the piece that, you know, I didn't develop that skill. So I'm, I was so passive in my therapy practice of just, you know, people would just call me and, and, and I'd set up an appointment with them. And I was busy. You know, I, I was very busy as a therapist. But as a coach, it's like, oh, my God, I have to find these people on my own. And I didn't have a clue how to do that. So, yes, be more active. If you're in, in business, be more active. <laughs> so, Terry, you're looking for women clients over 50 um, with some preference that they might have uh, – Adoption. They were adopted as mm -hmm. kids. So we're kind of mm -hmm. nearing it a little bit. Right. And you have a background where through listening and your skills and the tools you've developed over time mm -hmm. can be very beneficial to helping uh, people, uh, your clients, I don't want to say realize dreams, but absolutely have a really healthy, productive pursuit of yes. what it is th that they want to pursue. Is that a good way of saying it? Well, getting clear on what they want, first of all, and then and then I really think I help them because we're we're finding and clearing these limiting beliefs that are that keep people stuck. That pe you know, and we don't always know why we're stuck. But it's usually we're telling ourselves something or there's a fear or, um, or you know, in our case, it's, oh, I'm not ours, but women over 50, it's I'm too old or it's too late or you know, those are beliefs. Right. Unless, you know, you want to be a ballet dancer or something like that, that might be too late. But, um, but for the most part, you know, why can't we do things after mm -hmm. 50? Did you just tell me that the odds are at my age, ballet might not be? I'm sorry, Mike. I'm really sorry. Was that your dream? Well, I always thought being in tights and a tutu on stage, maybe. <laughs> I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Well, would, when I was Lancelot, that's that. about as close as I ever came. So, <laughs> oh, the other thing I forgot to share with people. Was Turtle Lake? I I didn't know that you were on Turtle Lake. That's the for years where the seminaries still do have a cabin. Right. Um, not me so much because I moved away. I I had no idea. So there's here's this here's this other thing <laughs> of this cute my girlfriend therapist and backyard architectural consultant Terry Bach, and that's on page six. Of Steve Revlin's book, Simply Revlin. I had no idea you were there. Yes. What else What else do you want people to know about you, Terry? Oh, gosh, you've been pretty thorough. 
I'm impressed that you read my website probably very thoroughly. It looks, it sounds like. So yeah, I would just love it if people who kind of fit into what we've talked about and have an interest in going a little deeper than, you know, they might be used to with a coach um, would reach out to me. That would be, that would be really nice. Perry, thank you so much for taking time to join me. It was such a treat to get uh, reconnected even though yes. we were never really that connected, because that happens <laughs> exactly. in high school. I, my apologies. Yeah. Oh, uh, I too. wish you the best of luck in what you're doing. And somehow it would be nice to get reacquainted if you're ever back this way. I don't know that I'll be in Wilmington anytime soon, but it sounds like a lovely place to visit. It is. Yeah, it's a great place. And I appreciate you having me on. It, it's been fun to get to know you a little bit too and and reconnect. So I appreciate this opportunity. It's my pleasure. Terry, thank you so much. Um, look forward to uh, you know following you and seeing how you progress. You're just doing some wonderful, wonderful work for uh, folks that are at a point in their life where they're, they're looking for something more. Exactly. And you can help them do that. Yes. Thank you. All right. Take care.